0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Bible and Me podcast. In this episode, Nigel chats with Gareth Bell, magician, precept leader, and a ministry leader in Ireland. This episode concludes the first series of the Bible and Me podcast and we're really grateful for your listenership and we look forward to seeing you in the new year for season two. We have some great interviews lined up and we believe some of them will be a real blessing to you. The Bible and Me podcast is a series of conversations with inspiring men and women of God, sharing how the Bible has impacted their lives.
1: I am absolutely thrilled to have Gareth Bell with us this morning. Gareth is married with three gorgeous children, including two twins. Uh, He is a very accomplished magician and operates under uh, the name gmagic.co.uk, so if any of you are out there looking for someone to do magic, Gareth is your man. He is an absolutely passionate communicator of God's Word uh, and has uh, literally, until the last few days, been the National Director for Precept Ministries in Ireland. And he's sporting a very full beard, I have to say, probably one of the longest Mm -hmm. beards I've ever seen. So, Gareth, great to have you on the programme today. It's good to be here.
2: Thank you very much, Nigel.
1: Um, Gareth, how did you come to be a follower of...
2: Jesus? Hmm. Um, How did I become a follower of Jesus? Well Jesus for me growing up um, was someone um, or should I say was a name that I was very familiar with. Um, He was someone that I knew from quite an early age um, had apparently died for my sins, had apparently um, rose from the dead um and apparently loved me and wanted to have a relationship with me um now there were facts that I knew about Jesus um but what was the reality of that in my life um well that's a very good question and that's something I would probably still need to ponder but as I do ponder it now um yeah I was very familiar with him but however my view of him was someone who even though, as I say, had died, had rose, had wasn't a relationship with me. Uh, but my view as him was very different. Um, he was someone that was ready to judge me. He was someone that was ready to condemn me. Um, and if anything, he was someone that you couldn't really please. Um, so I bring that up because for me, my mind, my... my mindset on jesus growing up um even though i knew certain facts the reality of that in my life or how my, I, I processed that was very different yeah. um, so who is jesus for me now well jesus for me now is someone who i trust 100 percent. someone who i uh i feel very um what's the word i'd say blessed to follow um He's been very gracious to me as a person um, and he is one who walks with me throughout my life um, and someone who I have followed in my life and been a very core personality in my life for the last 21, 22 years. Um, so how do I go from having the mindset that I had to the mindset that I have now? Well, to be honest, I had a personal encounter of him um, when I was 18 years old. Um, where Jesus no longer became a factual piece of information. Um, or a certain personality that was out to get me. But actually he, through a personal encounter, was someone that I began to engage with. Someone who I began to probably fall in love with. Um, but that all happened as I went through a personal encounter. Now um, when did that personal encounter happen and how did it happen? Mm. Um, well my early years I was brought up with a lot of religious facts. I was brought up in churches. I was brought up in a mentality to say that Jesus was very familiar. And I, I know for a lot of people that name Jesus it can be very familiar. Um, it could be a swear word people hear all the time. Um, but for me it wasn't a swear word. It was a reverent name. Um, but yet it had different perspectives. Um, was a name that was bashed about in church and uh, people talked about this person, but yet there were certain things just didn't add up to me. Well, Broadly brought up in Northern Ireland, he was also a name that was very much attached to the political atmosphere in which I was brought up in. And I say that because the political atmosphere I was brought up in um, and how that worked its way out in one's life, he seemed to be very much attached to it or he got the blame for it. Um and some many ways depend upon your perspective, um. So, I was very familiar with the name. I was very familiar with who he was, with the facts that I have already given, how that worked out in my life then. But but yet he was a polit- a political figure. Interesting. Um, and because you you grew up in
1: East Belfast, didn't you? In the sort of late seventies and nineteen eighties, and of course that was the sort of height of the troubles at the time, hmm. wasn't it?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So politically charged um quite a lot going on over here at the time you were growing up right in the middle of that
2: yes that's correct yeah. um and you know and even with that slogan that you see quite often in Belfast for God and Ulster um is something that you'd see quite often driving through Belfast um especially the particular part of Belfast that I came from um so God is, is attached to it Jesus was attached to this um and that was my mindset of Jesus as I was growing up um so that that sort of,
1: you'd say that sort of skewed your understanding of who he was yes. until you had this personal encounter. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the personal
2: encounter. What happened? The personal encounter happened when I began to, um, just follow through, um, in, in my life, um, Things that I was kind of brought up with. I'm um, so for example, I mean, I'm not explain myself very well, but if you, if you imagine being up in a religious environment like this, which is attached to a political stigma, um, that works its way out in a certain way, especially if, you, if you're encouraged to do so. So for me, I live my I was living my life as well as as I knew how to. I understood about all about this religion thing. I knew well, however, um, and the politics of that, and living in Belfast, and as an ordinary. Uh, Teenager, being brought up in Belfast, um, that 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 worked its way out in certain ways, um, to the point um, to where I was hanging out with my friends at that at that moment in time, and all of a sudden I just had this. Even though I had a million questions, I had a million questions like many other teenagers, um, even questions about the, the uh, politics I was surrounded by, the religion I was surrounded by, because through it all it didn't make sense in some ways. Although it made perfect sense at, at the time. But my encounter with Jesus, I was in this place, um, drinking with friends, and this voice just came into my head. I said, Gareth, do not do this, because I love you. So this religious fact that I'd heard from Sunday school, from church, from religious and political leaders, that Jesus loved me, started to become a reality. But it was not through someone else telling me that. It was just in my head that I hear a voice, and there was no verbal voice. There was just this gut, this something don't do is i i love you um and it stopped me it actually stopped me it's one of the moments in my life where i thought that it's actually where i had to come up to take a breath as you could say it totally stopped me in my tracks um didn't fully grasp what that meant or what they i go mad um but what it did start was a, a series of events that um led me to a place to where i end up i just had to surrender to the love of Jesus, um, in my life, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't over a period of a month to six weeks. It wasn't an easy decision, um, but it ended up becoming the only decision, um, to to be made. Um, I struggled with it, but I knew it was right, and um, and and, and yet still I, even though I heard of Jesus, I understood who Jesus was, or did I, um. I, I still didn't fully grasp what it meant, you know. So that was the time, after this encounter, that was a time I actually just chose to follow Jesus. And it's interesting, because in that moment, I knew that I wasn't following religion, um, or a religious thing. I knew I was following a person. Um, and that, for me, was quite a personal thing. And I mean, that's a very important point you make there, because
1: people may hear that you're a Christian... And they they automatically label well you're religious you know you're you're a religious person you're following religion yeah uh, but what you just said there is you d- you didn't say that, that that was the case no
2: I just knew I I couldn't explain it um, at the time I didn't understand it at the time but I just remem- remember remember um, saying yes to to Jesus and it wasn't. Uh, yes to what I thought about him or what I was told about him or what I understood about him it was I was saying yes to him. Um it's like a guess you could say when you you get to know someone, you know, um whether it be a girlfriend or um you know other uh, real close relation um you get to know facts about someone. You get you think you know someone you get understanding someone, but when you actually begin to engage with that person, it's them. Oh, I don't really know you. I don't. Buy like this, you know. There's something. There's a connection. There's something.
1: And did know. um, did anything? Did you notice any changes? Once uh, you had decided, once you heard this, you know, stop doing that or whatever it was. Follow me. I love you. What happened? Um, did you notice any? Any changes in your life as a result of making that decision? I
2: think right away I maybe didn't. um, But other people did. For example, I was a very angry person. I was because of the hostility and the atmosphere that I was brought up in. It was a bit like a pressure cooker and somewhat. um, I was a very angry person. Um, That anger seemed to have subsided quite quickly. Um, like no, my wife might not say that right today, but sometimes, but <laughs> um, but generally speaking, I, I I wouldn't call myself an angry person anymore. Um, so that very quickly, um, there was a, a different temperature. There were different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was just uh, my outlook was different. Yeah. Something had changed. Mm-hmm. I was like I had a not a blank slate again, but a a, a way of viewing the world differently. I, but I didn't again. I didn't understand it until about. Maybe a few months later, um, I end up in a situation where I was toward the end of the Bosnian-Croatian War in those places. And uh, God began to teach me about his grace and about his love for me. Which is kind of strange because um, I was already a follower of Jesus. But I was asking questions over the first six months of reading the scriptures. um, Especially of the New Testament, this word grace kept coming up. Grace, grace be to you. Saved by grace, for grace you're saved. Grace, grace, grace. Like, who's Grace? I thought that. My initial thought, to be honest, was, this girl is really hot because, what is she in every page of this book for? <laughs> um, that's how. But that shows you how even when someone brought up in church, I heard that phrase, a lot. I didn't. I was it a girl's name or was it a concept? I had no idea, um, but. While I was in Bosnia and Croatia towards the, uh, the, the the civil war there, I was there on humanitarian kind of stuff. And God taught me about his grace, taught me about his love. And as I said, he took me out of the situation of where I was at home and, and began to teach me afresh. And the key thing that he taught me was that it was by his grace um, that he did love me unconditionally. And that the key to following Jesus, this person that I had chosen to say yes to, by actually knowing him was the key to, to discipleship was the key to knowing god um and i remember that seems very simple thing now like to me but then it was like the light went on you know it was like, it was like before i i i knew where i wanted what I, I i knew who was following but I couldn't see clearly and it was like a dark room but understanding this but the key to all of this was knowing him you know, it was this relationship. That's what it meant to follow him, yeah. to be a a, 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 a discipleship yeah, with him. Um, so
1: I think um, you've, you said a very important thing there, uh, which I think may be helpful for listeners. And that is that uh, if we want to know God, we've got to know Jesus. <laughs> because, of course, Jesus was God as a man. And therefore, if we want to know him, then we've got to know Jesus and, uh, and investigate Jesus and, and follow him. Um, and that obviously became a reality for you. Now, you, um, you went to Seattle. You, you, you actually um, were working in your uh, late teens, early 20s, in the Belfast shipyard um, as a steel worker, welding um, apprentice there. And then uh, you uh, went to Seattle, uh, to Calvary Chapel in Seattle, which you clearly is a long way from Belfast. Uh, how did you come to go to the Calvary Chapel in Seattle and and what happened while you were there?
2: Okay. Um after my uh, light bulb moment in Croatia, um this whole key to discipleship was following Jesus. I began to uh, ask him afresh, okay, what does this mean? You know, how does it mean to know you? Um if this is the key to everything, you know, how do I get to know you and again I, I began to ask more questions in my prayer life because not questions of doubt but questions helped me to understand these things and as I did when I have found God has brought people along on my path on my life and what happened well, I ended up at a church uh, in Belfast where a girl had actually moved here under a, a missionary kind of visa to be here and to support a local church I began to get to know this girl um, she was an older lady um, And she began to show me certain things and just about from her life how she lived um how she went about her business and just like even how she talked about jesus it was like she really knows this person um and coming off where i was coming from i think we just connected um, and she could she could understand me and I understood her even though I was kind of still exploring what does, it, what does it mean to be in this new relationship with this man and God Jesus Um, and as I began to get to know her I, she introduced me to some of her friends who came over from America Um, but what I saw with these people was how they understood the scriptures how they could open the, the, God's word and explore it in a way that I've never seen before um, and that fascinated me, um, because obviously to get to know Jesus, we have to read the scriptures, um, and what they did, they offered me an internship to come, come to come over to um, Calvary Chapel in Seattle, and they sp- took the time to show me how um, they live their life there and how they you can actually get into God's word um, through using some simple skills and how they and through knowing His word get to know Him, um, and. In Seattle it was probably the first time I would say clearly that I saw God's love in action. Um, I saw ordinary people. These these people were not like fancy, and I saw people who worked directly with Bill Gates, um, and people who were homeless, say working together in this church environment, um, and basically they were disciples of Christ. There were people who had done their life together. They went out together. uh, Met up together as much as often as they could. To pray. To read the scriptures. To study the scriptures. And even when they met during the week. They were coming um, together. Not to hear somebody else speak. But what they learned themselves from the scriptures. So I had six months of this. um, While I was there. And they taught me how to get into the Bible for myself. So. On the back of creation, like well, how do you? The key to the disciple is knowing Jesus. How do you get to know Jesus? And all of a sudden, God over a year, or so introduced me to this person. Who introduced me to someone else, who were gracious enough to take this strange boy from Belfast, um, over to where they where they lived their life. Uh, which in my is was probably a good discipleship key, and they 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 allowed me every access to parts of their life, and they showed me, and Jesus was in every part of their life, um, and they introduced me to. Disciplines and to a lifestyle that Jesus just wasn't a word. He wasn't just a name. He wasn't just someone that you thought of on Sundays, but actually Jesus was every part of their life, um, and I hadn't seen that so clearly before in the way that they demonstrated it. Um, Busy God was answering my questions, you know, um, as so as I followed him, um, he was each step of the way. Introduced me to a deeper level of relationship with himself.
1: Now, after you um, left Seattle, you came back to um, Belfast. You did some precept leader training. And you uh, did some volunteer work with Youth for Christ at a local drop-in centre. And you started to lead studies at this time. And um, I I know at this time that you really had a, a huge thirst for the Word of God. How... How many, um, how often were you studying the word at this time? And, and oh, uh, cause I think this could be
2: a challenge for some listeners. <laughs> I was hungry, and hmm. it ended up at that point. Um, coming back from settle was, was difficult, um, because they lost the lifestyle they introduced me to. Um, but what was really important was for me to continue with the uh example that they had shown me. And one of the examples there to me was a oh, harrowing do the scriptures from um, for myself, and precept wasn't actually in Ireland um, at that moment in time. Um, even though God had introduced me to precept and to the method of study that they they use, uh, but in two thousand and two it did come here, um, and I was just hungry, and um, I think that I went to work on a bakery eventually, which freed me up in the afternoons and I would have studied oh two o'clock in the afternoon to twelve at night, two in the morning. Um just devouring book after book, just um I was just so hungry for God. Um and I wasn't perfect, you know, still not perfect. But but through the studying of God's word, um, it changed me even more. You know, so this question coming back from Croatia was, you know, how do you follow G how do you follow Jesus? This example uh um, him in Seattle kinda of had um, demonstrated for me. And now I was beginning to 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 walk on my own feet as it were. Um, discovering for myself in the pages of the scriptures who Jesus was, who God is, how God works, what God says, why he says it, how he says it, what's his way is, who is he, um, began to become very clear and well as clear as it could be um and but yeah it, it became very real um and was more substance it was like my faith now had something concrete to stand on um i knew now why i believe what i, I was starting to believe i knew uh, what it was grounded in um i understood therefore how certain things happen how god works um uh, and even as far as my prayer life, I I got into God through scriptures, you can call upon his name. I like, got as many names in the scriptures. Um, depending upon where I am at in life. You, you can call upon different characteristics of God and um I w- yeah, I I just love the book. Yeah. Um I probably haven't answered your question to be honest, way, but I was just so hungry. Um the precept method it was it's so simple and so easy. Like, I have no qualifications. I have nothing, nothing. I get me to go to school. It was good luck, you know um you know I wasn't yeah I wasn't the worst attender at school, but I didn't do much when it was there um I probably yeah um for different reasons, but it doesn't matter because even you, it doesn't matter what level of education you have, the Bible is alive and can come alive to people if they know how to come to come to it. Um, as I heard many years ago someone saying um, you know, the Bible is like uh, a, com- a computer but not everybody can use a computer you know as a computer we need our us simple people need windows or some sort of system that can help us to use a computer the method for me with Precept was like with the window system it was a window into the Bible um, so by taking this method and putting it over the scriptures I could actually get into the scriptures. Um, I, I know computer pro- programmers are, are, don't need Microsoft to use a computer. They just use it. We can't. I can't. But I need help. So the, me- the method was extremely helpful. Yeah. Um, and I've been studying that way for the last 18, 19 years.
1: Yeah. Uh, in 2007, you were asked to join the work of Precept here in, in Northern Ireland uh, and were taken on staff to be the youth worker for the ministry reaching out to young people how would you characterize that time um where between 2007 so 2015 uh, what was on your heart
2: what was your passion what did you see god do with young people hmm. i think as i began to study the scriptures on a regular basis um it made me more hungry for it but not only that more hungry to share it and you could hear i could see a lot of young people with a lot of questions a lot of questions uh, weren't being answered and when they were being answered it was well, what people people were telling them what they thought or I think this or that or don't think this or that and like I could see the young people were hungry for more they weren't looking, necessarily looking for other people's opinions they were looking for something substantial something with substance um that they could actually base their life upon and i actually could go to for to add the answers to their questions um and if they don't get the answers but something that can help them on their journey um uh, with whatever issue or whatever it is that they were um, inquiring about um so i saw this hunger in young people um and whether it was in church environment or a youth group environment or not, it didn't really matter. Um, but for me, the Bible was able to have this overarching story that made sense. And I felt as if young people needed to know this. You need, they needed to see this. And not only needed to see this, but to know their purpose um, within that bigger story. Now, do to understand it, you need to know the scriptures. Um, but then, how? <laughs> and that was something, even from my uh growing up in church, my uh, childhood, um, you always told read the Bible. Oh, the Bible has the oh, you you know, but how? No one ever told me how. So I think looking back. With that question that I had as a child as a teenager, I was in. Uh, I could hear them saying the same thing. Well, how? Um. So that began as someone who had been taught how. You know, um, who had seen the example, who was now practicing that up to me then to become an example and to help other young people, um, whoever chose to do so, to get into God's word for themselves, um, so that they too could not turn around and say, "Yes, I believe in Jesus," but I don't know who he is, or I believe in Jesus because my parents did, or because I believe in Jesus because my grandparents did, or I don't believe in Jesus because I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, maybe I'll help them get into the scriptures. You know my, my um, not goal but I just wanted to help them along in their journey in life. So that they, if they chose to follow Jesus they, they knew him for who he was. What the Bible said who he was. What he claimed to be. Um, they could read it and evaluate it for themselves. Um, so it's something that they weren't owning because of culture or because of family or because of friends or whoever. They were all not for themselves. Yeah,
1: and um, you uh, during this time you actually wrote some studies, didn't you, for, for young people, which mm-hmm. uh, God has taken and used not just here in Northern Ireland, but used in other countries. I know particularly in Africa, they've been used amongst many thousands, even of mm-hmm. people. Uh, just incredible, really. Mm-hmm. Um, in two thousand and fifteen, you were selected to be the director for Precept in um, Northern Ireland. Um, you you were appointed and you had a real passion to reach um, the whole of the island of
2: Ireland. Do you want to talk about that just for a moment? Yeah. Um, for me, brought up in Northern Ireland, um, obviously its background is quite well um, advertised, you could say. Yeah. Um, and it's quite a factious society. I was brought up within. Um and God, as I began, over the last number of years, as I have studied His Word and gotten to know Jesus, and um, I was going to say growing wisdom, but that could be very much questions for the people who know me. Um, <laughs> you know, I began to God began to give me a bigger vision. Um, you know, people can be very stuck in their ways, very stuck within their denomination. Or their cultural trend, or their ideology, or whatever it might be, but God can be give me a bigger picture. Like I spoke before about the bigger picture that the Bible, um, talks about, and, I th- yeah, he stirred my heart with the whole of Ireland, island of Ar- Ireland, um, and began to really press on my heart the need, um, of, pe- of people, uh, getting to know him through his word. Throughout the whole Ireland, and not only in a certain exclusive few, um, and some of your listeners may know what I mean by that, but um, it was this should be access to everybody. Everybody needs to have this access to the scriptures and to, um, exploring the Bible for themselves. Um, you know, many many people question the book, but they don't have substance for their questions or don't or their doubt, or but to help people to get into the book and let the bible speak for itself um so God very quick or uh, very uh quickly and quite quite um confidently give me a bigger vision um for our Ireland and the whole idea of um Ireland being uh, established on his word again and I thought to myself that's a pretty daft idea um but then he reminded me of Patrick um the guy who did it before and I, I, I remember when he brought the name Patrick to my mind and I was who's Patrick? because from the culture I was brought up in Patrick and Patrick today in Ireland is kind of debated back and forth between a number of communities um, but who was Patrick? and I began then to explore who Patrick actually was and as I discovered obviously I'm talking about St Patrick um, he was the man who brought Christianity to Ireland and was was 432 I think it was AD, AD the numbers just left me but I think that might be correct um you know, and this is only a couple of generations after Christ himself and after his disciples. And it was like he came to Ireland with the gospel. And United Ireland, who at that time was a pagan Celtic country. Worshipping foreign gods, worshipping their own ideas and what have you. Um, he brought the gospel. Um, and through that one man over a short period of time, the gospel came throughout Ireland. Um, and that was the first time Christianity ever came to and so he, he put that vision in my heart to make this accessible to everyone Patrick didn't come here with just exclusive it was to everyone um, and as something that has impacted my life so much why do I hold it to myself why not give others the chance um, and the opportunity to be able to explore for themselves and have, and have access to the scriptures um, as I have discovered for myself so.
1: and one of the things that you have been keen to do is to raise up Others, um, other than yourself, to equip people, but you've raised up others, in order to um, reach that vision. Hmm. Do
2: you want to talk about a little bit about that? Yes, sure. Um, For me, if I was had an experience of something, and it impacted my life, why would I not want to share it? Why why would I not want to help other people experience that too? And for me, discovering the Bible for myself and learning how to study it um, needed to be shared with as many people as I could. Um, Because not only did I discover a real joy and passion in discovering the Bible for myself, um, but helping others to do that as well. I, I I, I, I I, I love sharing it with people. So, I really, um, as the director of president our, our, our Ireland, I saw the need for um, bringing other people involved. As I said about the vision for a whole of Ireland, I've given all access to people in Ireland throughout it, it doesn't matter what background you come from. Um, I can't do that on my own. Um, one man can't do that. Um, I need other people to help, I need other people who are passionate. Um, about god's word and other people who have that desire god's put that desire in their hearts others too who are saying i have i, I want to share this with others this has impact my life but i don't know how to share that so encouraging others to share that um and give them the opportunity and chance to do so um really i really am a believer in giving it away you're passing it forward and um, allowing others to be involved this is not about me this is not about an organization this is about a bigger pic, a bigger picture um, and we all get. I think it was John Wimber said we all get. We all get to play, um. And I kind of brought that mentality to the ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, we all get to play. Not so. Um. So through. So in the last year, there has been early leaders raised up within um Ireland. Um, and we're now looking at spreading that throughout uh, into the south of Ireland as as well. Um, all access to all people, you know, um. Wonderful to God's word. Wonderful. Yeah.
1: You've also got to have a real heart for reaching men, don't you? Yes. And um, that's not always the easiest thing. Uh, <laughs> I think, as as we know, often the ladies are leading the way, but you've had a real heart for reaching men and have introduced some wonderful initiatives to do that. Um, just talk about that.
2: Okay, for me, um, as I have explained, you know, um, wanting to get to know Jesus and through his word and... Um, how and how you go about that. And examples of all of that. One thing I desired. And looked for um, often. Was someone close by. Men who could help me. Um, men who I could get alongside. And um, and encourage me. And and just so you could talk to. You know accountability. Um, but what I found. And it really it pains me to say this. But the men weren't there. um. I got to the point where they just weren't. They weren't. There was nobody for me to be accountable to. I I struggled with that. I struggled. I I felt like I was walking it alone quite a lot, and um, I began to ask myself the question then: What does it mean to be a man of God? And what does it mean to um, help? Up others to become this 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 same um and a catalyst probably and that was reading Wild at Heart by John Eldridge and after reading that book on the back end of reading that book I just had this stirring this we need to get married you know um we need to share this with other men we need to encourage other men if I was feeling lonely as a man chances are a lot of men out there are feeling lone, 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 lonely and they don't need to um we we need to do it together it will do life together so I began kind to of, think and pray how can I engage with men and God gave me the idea of the armory um, which was a men's event uh, through priesthood ministries here in Ireland Um, and it was basically an event where God's word was central to it Um, and the men who spoke at that event were men who have taken risks men who have stood in the gap for others, men who bring a challenge because um, the reason why I chose men like that was uh, so that when they were challenged but they were Comforted, um, but they also were encouraged to step up to the mark uh, and to become the men of God that God desired for them to be um. and that was difficult it was hard to put but it was very successful and as we began to publicise that and put those things in place uh, for the, for the ver- uh, various army events that we have had um, they were very successful so as I had discovered men were feeling lonely men were uh, especially pastors and people in leadership play positions, were feeling isolated um, and bringing them together to worship and to uh, hear the scriptures and the experiences of someone else who had lived according to the scriptures um, it was very encouraging and on the back end of that we we have seen um, churches that were split come back together we have seen churches who had basically bend their youth or sorry not their youth their, their men's fellowship um, it be reignited to the point it's, it's, it's going faster than it's ever done um, men now connecting prayer groups starting and pastors ministries being revitalised um, in ways they never thought possible um, so yeah it's it's been very successful but, uh, for me it was a God event God really ordained it because um, I could not have done what he's done uh, through it but again, it was just, for me, as I, as I studied, being attentive to God's voice and um, and just being aware of my own self and thinking of, of wanting to help others. Um, yeah, God has really blessed that. And yeah. Wonderful.
1: Um, I want to ask you, uh, uh, you, obviously we've talked about the Bible, but uh, this is the Precept Bible and Me podcast. So um, why... What does the Bible mean to you? Why is the Bible so important to you?
2: What is the Bible to me? Um, Again, my opinion has changed dramatically over the years. as my opinion of Jesus as well. Um, For me, the Bible growing up was a book that was basically something that you beat others with. Or it seemed that way. Um, it was a book that seemed complicated. Uh, it was a book that was so, like, you could never, you know. I don't know for the, your listeners, but uh, I could hear quite often the church I was brought up in was, um, you got to read your Bible. Uh, and the challenge was to read it in a year. And oh man, that sucked. Um, because I never got past Jan Jan, Jan January. Um, and it was a book for me that you could never understand. And However, after a few years of study, using the simple uh, study skills, um, it has become a book that I've realised it fits together. Um, It speaks of one bigger story. It actually has a book that has helped me to understand life um, in the way it's been played out. Um, It's it's helped me to see my purpose and role in life. It's helped me to um, discover who God is. How God works, um, how, how the characteristics of God, um, it really added value to my relationship with Him, um, and the value of His Word. For example, could, like there's times we we all go through difficult times and we have certain things that we hold as promises of God and and our prayer life and sometimes I've had to, uh, but you said this. I think I think we see examples of this throughout the scriptures. But God, did you not say this and, um. So it's really brought substance to my relationship and my prayer life. And just given like the whole idea of worship. Um, you always know, hear quite often. You know go to worship God. Go to go to pray to God and, or something like that. And, and they're all good and wonderful and virtuous things. But a lot of times you hear. People not actually in the scriptures. Like I find it a lot with young people and they don't really know what's in well, how can you worship or pray to a God you don't actually know? Um, and that's been kind of my mantra for a little while. And, and I don't say that because, you know, I want to put guilt. It's not about guilt. Uh, it's about value, value of relationship um, and depth of relationship that one can have. Because as I have already said, you know, from an early age, the, the the name Jesus, what did that mean? And that has changed over the years. But as I've delved into the scriptures, it's changed even more. It's become, you know, there is value in that name. It's um, more valuable now because I understand who he is uh, and the role that he has played in life. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, so it's a book that has brought meaning, it has brought purpose and understanding for me. Because um, the world in which we live, let, let's be honest, it's hard to understand it sometimes. Uh, it doesn't take too long. You click on the television after five minutes of reading the news, you're just, what on earth is going on? Um, but for me, the Bible has explained it. Uh, I know know what's going wrong. To steal a phrase from John L. Eldridge, something seems has gone wrong. That's because something did go wrong. Um, But thankfully it's been put right. And that's what you learn from from the scriptures. Do
1: you have a favourite
2: Bible book
1: or a favourite Bible character?
2: I'll go with characters... Um, come to mind uh, two in particular Old, I love the Old Testament um, which is probably crazy to say for a lot of people um, Daniel and Ezra um, Daniel for me is like a, a rock in some ways um, when you study the the account of his life that we know from the scriptures um, he was a Man who, you know, had, had a good start in life. However, uh, life was hijacked um, through no fault of his own. Ended up in a situation that was ridiculous and crazy and hostile and um, and yet he's a rock from the from the get off. You know, we see that how he chooses his mind. Uh, I think I said that he and Daniel chose his mind not to defile himself. Uh, well, why did he choose that? Well, he, he knew his God, uh, he knew the scriptures, he knew what was. Um, as no, it wasn't about rules, but he just knew what was the way to live according to what God had put in place, and, um, and and you see it throughout the scriptures, um. So just how the consistency of that. Obviously, the first six chapters gives us the narrative of his life and, um, uh, some of the key points in his life and, um. I think for me, just that consistency for someone who can uh, live out his life with integrity, um, and in a hostile environment, um, and a culture that did not praise or did not um, uh, did not respect his God. Yet he lived with his God. He understood who his God was, and he lived with the values of of his God um, to the point that he actually is raised up to become the basically the ruler of that kingdom of that culture uh, and be an influencer um, for God in his time. So he is someone for me who even when everything else around him doesn't coincide with what he thinks or believes, he's a man of integrity who helps others who walks true to himself and not only that becomes an influence in, in that culture um, a, 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 a verse in that and that, and that book really brings me great strength is um, it's Daniel eleven twenty? the people who know their God will display strength and take action um, and that's something I see the example of Daniel in, that, in his life um, and that is why I would consider him a favourite of mine again for Ezra as well I guess it is a favourite because he was someone who I think it's a, a Ezra seven twenty someone who studied or 710 yep. someone 17. who studied yeah. um, and he practised and he shared it with others yeah. so that that whole thing um, he was practiced before he preached he was a man of integrity he was an influencer of his time and he was someone who was a rock in the culture and the atmosphere and environment he found himself in
1: yeah.
2: which, which gives me the challenge that we can be the same yeah. but we need to know God
1: Amen. and um, you've mentioned a couple of verses there but is there, is there a life verse or a favourite verse that you you have that you would want
2: to uh, encourage people with or, or share with others yeah for me um, very quickly as I Studied the scriptures, um, or began to study the scriptures. A verse jumped out from Acts twenty twenty four, which has meant a lot, and um, that the, these last uh, nearly two decades, and that is Acts twenty verse twenty four. But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course, and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus, to testify solemnly of the gospel, of the grace, of God. Um, the reason why that that's become a life verse of mine because this for me uh, the, the, this is my vision for my life. I want to complete the task that the Lord Jesus has, has given me um, not for my own glory. but for his glory um, again because this shows me that there is meaning to this life there is a purpose. we do have a role to play um, and he has given each one of us a task and a value. Because we are, we are worthy people um, and he is worthy of our praise as we live our lives for him. And there's, for me there's no greater purpose than, than to ensure that he fulfils his work with what he has for me to do.
1: Gareth, it's been an absolute pleasure having you
0: on the programme today. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have been listening to
1: The Bible and Me Podcast
0: by Precept Ministries UK if you enjoyed this episode please click the subscribe button now and consider leaving us a rating or review if you'd like to learn more about the ministry or make a donation visit www.precept.org.uk or follow us on Facebook Instagram and YouTube at Precept Min UK